Father, we thank you for your blessings which you pour out upon us. Father, help us to count those blessings as that hymn says. Father, your word says that they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so, Father, we just do thank you for your faithfulness to us. Father, we thank you that you are that one constant in our lives. Father, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, we just thank you for that, that just such that reality in our lives, uh, that anchor in our lives, that foundation in our lives, that which is in our lives that gives us purpose and hope and meaning. And we just thank you for our relationship with you, Father. And Lord, we pray that you'll just take us deeper into that relationship with you. And Father, we pray for your word today. Lord, we pray that as we share, as we look into your word, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, we want to hear your Holy Spirit speak into our hearts today. And so, Father, may our eyes and our ears be open to all that you would say to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to launch into some technical stuff here. Okay, the first question of the shorter catechism in the Westminster Confession of Faith asks, what is the chief end of man? Or in modern language, what is our primary purpose? What's your primary purpose for being alive on the planet today? What's my primary purpose for being alive today? And this is the answer that it gives, that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our primary purpose is to give glory to God and to enjoy Him forever. Not just when we come together in church, but forever. So what does it mean to give glory to God? Well, I believe it's something that we do with our whole being. As our whole being, the whole person, everything, turns to face God, our bodies, our souls, our spirits. And when we allow praise to arise from within us, and that doesn't just need to be in church on a Sunday morning. That's a lifestyle that we're talking about. To allow music to come from within our hearts, as the Bible talks about. Did you know that your hearts can make music? Did you know that? Have you ever heard the music of your heart? I hear the music in my heart after I try to do some jogging. But that's a different story. But there's something, there's something about the way we're designed. We're designed to give praise to God. We're designed to have the Holy Spirit within us. Just as we thought about the standard lamp a few weeks ago, it's designed to have power run through it in order to make it function. And we are exactly the same. If our hearts are making music then the rest of us will follow suit. The things which we say, the things which we do, our body language will be an expression of praise to God. When we turn to face God, we see ourselves in His light. And we're brought to a place of repentance and confession, but ultimately into a place of freedom. And then we're free to be who God created us to be. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, talking about the new birth, the spiritual birth, 
He's given us this new birth so, uh, so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. Imagine that. The God who created everything that we can see has planned things for us, for you and for I, a long, long time ago. And he expects us to grow up and to walk in to those things which he has planned. And just as an aside, we can enjoy God in many ways. And one of the many ways that I enjoy God is to be out in nature. He truly does make me to lie down in green pastures. It's an incredible thing just to take time, even maybe to sit underneath a tree and listen to the river passing. He makes me to lie down by quiet waters. What are you laughing at? He restores my soul. You know, I, I remember on many an occasion fishing into the night and uh, um, particularly when fishing down um, let, uh, name's gone, Tinto, Tinto Hill direction and this fishery is built into the side of the hill and it would just get too dark to fish. Um, we, were, we were diehards in those days. We would fish until there was no fishing to be done. <coughs> But I remember at, at, at night, just sit, lying back on the, the bank of this loch and looking up. I mean, down, down there, there's, there's no street lights and stuff like that. And you just look up and you see this incredible sky. And then the words of this hymn come back to mind. You know, we sung this at a funeral this week. How great thou art. You know, I, we're at this funeral... Um, Elmer Hunter's funeral this week, a wee lady from Brucefield. And we sung that song, and I could hardly sing it, because there was something going on in my heart as we were singing it. There was something going on that was far too deep for words. And I found that I was standing there with the order of the service in one hand, not needing the words, and this hand was up, blissfully unaware of anything else that was going on round about me. Just this incredible experience. How great thou art. And then I come into church and I come together with brothers and sisters and we sing these incredible songs that have so much meaning for us. And praise begins to rise from within our hearts. And then I say, why would we not want to be here on a Sunday together to allow that corporate sound to arise from our hearts that are continually being changed by God I think about Martha, who would love to be here. Martha would love to be here. And we have the opportunity to be here, and we don't always take it. That blows my mind. People who would love to be here every single week, given praise, and yet we have the opportunity, the freedom, and we all need our holidays and our breaks and all this kind of stuff. But God has created us to live in community, to be a community, and to live together. And it's God that connects us together. You know, there's some people in this room today who I would probably, in outside world, never even know or associate with because we're just so different. And yet God has done something in our hearts and has begun to change us And there's something of Jesus in each of us that allows us to connect with each other. I hadn't planned to say any of this. But the the community, as we come together, is, is precious. 
And so I'm going to come to the key verse for today, which is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. And just so that you're aware, I might run out of time today, but I'm going to continue what we're talking about today into next week. I'm picking up some things from a number of weeks ago and spending a bit of time and helping us to focus on these things. The key verse is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Continually offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And God calls out to his people when this was being written, going back even further into a psalm that was written by a man called Asaph. And God calls out through the psalm, desiring true worship from the heart of the people. We need to realize at the time when this psalm was written, I'm going to read it in a second, that people would actually physically offer uh, animal sacrifices to God. And it's a practice that's still carried out in some parts of the world today. Some cultures still do this. But this is what God says. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. This is Psalm 50, by the way. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. Everything that is in the world is his. Therefore, what can we give back to God if it's already his? We are his. What can we give back to God except our faithful service? He goes on to say this to the people. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Uh, Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. Sacrifice thank offerings to God and fulfill, fulfill your vows to the Most High. What we need to realize is that God isn't looking for our stuff. What can we give back to the God who has created everything that we see? The God who has given everything to us in the first place. It's already His. But He entrusts it to us. Even our religious duties and observance. He's talking here about the things that they do religiously to honor God, to worship God. And we'll read in the Bible that there comes a point where the people become disconnected from the thing which God has set up to start with. So that it just becomes routine, it becomes ritual, it becomes something that we do, but the heart isn't in it. And we can look back and say to these guys, why did you not understand that? But I think what God wants to say to us is that we need to look at us today and ask the question, has our worship become disconnected from our hearts? Has our thankfulness become disconnected from our hearts? Because it's very easy to get to that place so that we become 
people who come on a Sunday and go through the motions and go through the routines and miss what God actually wants to do and say into our, our hearts. This is what Spurgeon says. He says, The conclusion is inevitable. Heart worship only can be acceptable with the true God. It is inconceivable that outward things can gratify him except so far as through them our faith and love express themselves. What can we do? What can we bring back to God that is going to express his worth? I think what God is looking for is our hearts. You know, we can talk about giving stuff to God and doing things for God, but God's really interested in us. He's interested in our hearts. And God knows that if he has our hearts, he has everything else. And so I think God is looking for a thankful people, people with thankful hearts. He's looking for people who have faith in their hearts, who have lives that are surrendered, hearts that are surrendered to God. We can say or do what we like, but God knows the content of our hearts. Psalm 50, verse 23, Psalm 50 goes on to say, He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. You know, if we can get this right, if we can get our hearts right before God, then we begin to open up a way for God to step into our experience, to bless us, to give us salvation, to give us new life, to give us transformed minds and all of these things. You know, sometimes life is difficult, but in these times, God is still looking for us to be faithful to him, to thank him, and to praise him. And in the Psalms, David says this, at his tabernacle, this is Psalm 27, verse 6, at his tabernacle I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Where? In here. And what comes out is an expression of what's in here. And if you look at the life of David, and we're going to look at that next week, we see a man whose life is characterized by praise. There's no holding back what's in our hearts. Do you know, even introverts shout for joy. Did you know that? Dion's an introvert. She's looking at me and she's going, aye, okay. But sometimes people think, oh, introverts are really quiet and they like to be meditative and... uh, you know, we, we like to kind of get on our own and be all that kind of stuff. There are times when introverts jump up and down like dafties. Did you know that? There's introverts at football matches. And they're not very introvert when their team scores a goal. They're right up out their seats and they're giving it wildy. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert, okay? But if you were to come here on a Wednesday night to Treasure Kids, right? you'll see a totally different person. Because in Treasure Kids, I'm totally free to just be myself and be daft. Because kids let you away with it. They do. I love Treasure Kids. Some of the songs that we sing on a Wednesday night, man, you need to come along. (laughs) You'd love it. 
And it is a workout, you're right. <laughs> but there's something that happens within us when God gets a hold of our hearts that regardless of whether we're the quiet person or the noisy jump about extrovert person, there's something comes out that we can't stop, we can't help it. And Hebrews talks about it as being the fruit of lips that confess his name. It's what comes out. It's what grows in our lives. It's what's expressed in our lives. It's what's useful in our lives. It's interesting to note that it's only through Jesus we can do this. All of this is because of him. It's not of ourselves. And the fruit of lips is an interesting phrase. You know that fruit grows on trees. Here we go again. Fruit grows on trees. Plants and trees grow from seeds. And in a similar way, the praise that comes from our mouths, or whatever comes from our mouths, is a result of what is sown, seeded, and takes root in our hearts. Words, ideas can be like little seed. If they find a little place in our hearts. Words and ideas. You know, I've seen some trees grow in impossible places. If you do any hill walking at all, and you get out into the hills, you'll eventually come across a big boulder somewhere that's got a rowan tree growing out of it, and you think, how the heck does that happen? How does it, how does it sustain itself? And rowan trees grow in boulders and little tiny fissures, and they just grow there, and there's rounds grow on them. They're fruitful. And I think it's the same with us. We don't need a lot of heart space to allow things to grow. This is how doubts grow in our hearts as well. What did the serpent say to Eve? He sowed an idea through words. He sowed an idea, and it found a tiny little place, and it took root. Did God really say? Did God really say? What's God spoken into your life? I think about the things that he's speaking into my life, and I go back to them time and time again, because the enemy comes to challenge them and say, did God really say? Did God really speak into your life? When God came and touched you in your experience and something changed, was that really God? Or was it just circumstances? We need to recall the things that God has said over us. We need to recall the things that God is saying into us through his word. And we need to give them space and space to grow in our lives. And when we do, and we come back to that and we... Uh, we doubt our doubts and believe our beliefs, then we begin to be changed inside. There's a little verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and it's, you know, I keep saying this is one of my favorite verses, but it is one of my favorite verses. Chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. There's something else in our hearts if we will allow God to do it. 
And it's like treasure in a jar of clay. Clay dries up, clay cracks, clay pots leak. And that's who we are. Just people getting on in the world, trying to make sure that we don't leak too much and let what God's doing in us out and lose it. But the reality is that we have this treasure, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and it's like treasure in a jar of clay. And the things that God empowers us to do are because he is in us and working through us. So how are we going to bear good fruit? How are our lives going to be fruitful? How are our lips going to be lips that praise God? And I'm just going to mention a few things. I've got notes here, and I'm not entirely sure if I'll use them all. But the first thing is that we need to be positioned correctly. If you're taking notes, that's point number one. Be positioned. Plants and trees are positioned in relation to the sun, particularly fruit trees. I'm I'm pretty sure I've shown a picture before of an apple tree in an estate garden. And the apple tree was pruned and trained to run along the wall so that the fruit got maximum light, maximum heat from the sun, and the tree would have maximum yield. And I think in the same way we need to consider how we position ourselves before God. What does that mean? Well, we'll explain what it means. There are 24 hours in every day, and we get the choice as to how we spend those 24 hours in that day. I can't choose for you, and you can't choose for me. But each of us has a choice as to how we will use the time that we're given. And I think we need to use some of that time to position ourselves before God. We do that by waiting in his presence. He's here today, but he's also with you when we leave this place and we end up being in all our different places, our homes and whatnot. And so we need to position ourselves before God that we're able to soak in his goodness, to soak in the presence of God. And there are some keys in relation to that. Nothing positions us before God like prayer. That moment in our 24 hours of that particular day where we sit down and we ask God to come into that moment, we ask God to speak God, we we invite God into that moment, and we listen to what he's going to say to us, and we pray our prayers to God as well, thanksgiving prayers, requests, a discussion, all of these things, they position us before God. And in that place, our souls are open before God. And then we read the Bible, we read the Word of God, and we allow God's heart and God's mind to get into us. The Bible tells us we have to be transformed through the renewing of our minds. Well, our mind gets transformed as we read God's Word. But it's not just about reading it. I can read the Bible, I can read a whole book in a very short space of time and have missed everything that's in it. It's not just about reading, it's about meditating on what God is saying. We need to stop and think about what God might be saying to us, prayerfully asking God to speak to us. It's about mulling it over. 
Listening to God helps us to receive his heart for us. To receive what God says is like allowing the seeds of his word to get into our hearts and to grow. And the things that God is beginning to birth within us, the things that are beginning to grow, we need to allow them to have space. If God's asked you to do something, go and do it. And I just sometimes wonder if we're saying, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, maybe God's already said something and he's waiting for you to do that before he gives you the next thing. Something to think about. And I think specifically, we need to develop thanksgiving in our prayers and in our praise. Someone referred to it once as developing an attitude of gratitude. We need to develop thanksgiving in our prayers. And I found myself in that place just this week, actually. Sitting reading my Bible, and that's what I felt God wanted to hear coming from my lips. The fruit of my lips was thankfulness. And so I just spent, I can't remember how long I spent, time just thanking God for all of his blessings. And I think praising God through our songs and our stories every day is important because it takes our eyes off of ourselves and off of our circumstances and fixes them on God. It refocuses us on God. And these things, these practices, these disciplines that we need to get into our lives help us to position ourselves before God. They help us to get into a place where we're able to receive all that God wants for us. The second one is that we need to be planted. All plants need to be planted in good soil. And one of the things, if any plant is going to succeed, is that it needs to be rooted properly. Have you ever seen a tree or a plant that survives without it being rooted properly? I've seen trees where the roots are exposed in some places, but the majority of that root system is in the ground and it's solid. And the Bible tells us what we need to be rooted into. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is what's happening in our hearts. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being, listened to it, rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Being rooted and established in love. Having his power in us. We need to be planted We've got to position ourselves before God, but we've got to be planted in the right place. And I think if we're going to be watered, we're watered by the Holy Spirit. It's just like a plant being watered, the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. And the nutrients that we need, God will provide. We all know about nutrients these days. Apparently it's now 10 fruit and veg every day. Had you heard that? I think they were too scared to say 10 fruit and veg. They were just saying 5 to get us used to the idea, and now they've upped it to 10. 
What's that all about? Ten fruit and veg. Yeah, it's true. Go and Google it. <laughs> you don't believe me. <laughs> I can't even remember why I was saying that now. I've lost my place, Barbara. Nutrients. Nutrients, nutrients. We all know about nutrients these days. We know the things that we need to be putting into our bodies to have healthy bodies. We know the things that we shouldn't be putting into our bodies if we want to have healthy bodies. And that's the very things we want. Yeah? There's a spiritual analogy in there somewhere as well. But as we feed on God, then we get these nutrients that we need, the spiritual nutrients that we need. This is what is said in Matthew 4.4. 4. Jesus is speaking. He says that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The words of God nourish us. They're like food for our souls. So we need to think about how we position ourselves. We need to think about where we're planted, what we're rooted in, and are we drawn from that? Are we being healthy spiritually? And then my third P, if you're taking notes, is that sometimes we need to be pruned. It's about trimming back the excess foliage. For those who grow tomatoes, you will know that you need to trim back the green stuff in order to have the red stuff. Okay? If tomato plants are full of leaves, they'll not produce fruit. And our lives are like that as well. Our lives can be filled with so much stuff that's not actually producing spiritual fruit. What do we fill our time with to come back to that one? How are we filling our time? How much of those 24 hours does God get? Really, technically, you should get it all. That doesn't mean to say that we're spending 24 hours just praying or reading our Bibles. It means that whatever we're doing in life, God is with us and present with us in that moment and that we're aware of his presence and that we're bringing God into every moment, whether we're working, playing, whatever we're doing. It's about inviting God into every moment. Leaves are important on a plant, but they don't lead to fruit. They take the power from fruit growing and rechannel it in other ways. And Jesus' desire is that we bear much fruit. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 5. It's about us developing, allowing space for fruit to grow in our lives. And it's not about show. It's not about putting on a show. It's not about us trying to look good. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? I don't maybe I'm the only person who's like that. You know, it's really good when something happens, you know, when when you, you bring a message and it was the right message and it's confirmed and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff. Or when you share a word with somebody and they go, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear and you're like oh, I, did, I did a good job there. Do you know there's a healthy way to look at that? It is good and we should be encouraged that we did a good job there. Well, let's not get above ourselves. Every good gift is from where? It's not about us. It's about him doing stuff in us as we're positioned, as we're planted. And as he comes and he prunes us to bear more fruit. And it's about keeping the weeds at bay. 
Who knows that the easiest time to get weeds is when they're tiny? You take them out. I hate weeding. Why do we have weeds in the world? You want to see my back garden just now? It's an absolute disaster in here because I didn't weed it last year at all. Last year. Aye. You want to see it this year? I've got a job in my hands. Simply because I didn't take the tiny little weeds out when they were growing. And now it's an absolute jungle. It is. It's an absolute jungle. We need to take the little things out as they pop up. The little doubts. The little ideas. The little indulgences. Oh, that'll be okay. I've had a hard week. I deserve it. Listen, if you're going to fall to temptation, please be aware that it will come when you've had a hard week and you think you deserve it. That's when it will come. That's when it always comes. And let me tell you, the devil is no respecter of persons. He does not respect you. He will come when you're down and he will... He will come when you're down and he will give you a kicking because he does not care. He does not care about people. I come back to this verse time and time again. John chapter 10, verse 10. What does the thief come to do? To steal and to kill and destroy. And I hate it. But Jesus has come that we might have life and life in all its fullness. We need to kick him into touch, guys. We need to resist the devil and he will flee from us. Resist. Simply resist. My fourth P and it's my last one, is that there's a process. A process of time. I see you guys laughing. I'm watching you. And it's not just the young people either. I'm watching you guys. For all of us, there's a process. When we step into this Christian life, we're stepping into a process. A process of God making us into the people that He wants us to be. Ultimately, what he wants for us is to be like his son, Jesus. That's what he's after. And there's a process that we walk into. And the fruit comes when we come to that place of maturity. There's no shortcuts to fruit. And for some of us, we're in the process at the moment. And the process is not always pleasant. But we can respond in faith to God and praise him. When we're in the process, the temptation can be to think that God isn't doing anything. <sighs> What's happening with my life? What's going on here? Nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. I'm same old, same old, and God isn't speaking to me, and blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe it's because we're in the process, and God's taking us through some stuff in order to bring us out the other side of the process changed from the way that we went into it. We need to be positioned, planted, and pruned. And we need to realize that God is putting us in a process. And why am I saying all this? To come back to it all. We're talking about having fruitful lips. We're talking about having lips that praise Him. Because when we get all these things into our lives, then the result is that we give glory to God and enjoy Him forever. That we praise Him. I'm 
My prayer is that God produces in us healthy hearts. And healthy hearts are that which praise springs up from. And so I'll say it again. Let faith arise from your heart. And I'll say this as well. Let praise arise from your heart. And I think the two are linked. To give praise and to allow faith to arise from our hearts. Let our praise be from thankful hearts. And let our praise be from true hearts. And let our praise be from hearts that are beating for God and for all that he has done for us. You know, what's the point of saying all this? And I'm really running out of time. And some of this I'll open up next week. What is the point of all this? Do you ever ask yourself that? I ask myself that sometimes. Why do I come to church? Why do I listen to that guy talking every single week? Ah, what's, what's, what's that all about? I think the point of this is that God wants to say something into the life of this church. I think what he wants to say is that we need to go up a gear in our praise when we're gathered. It's more than songs. I think what God is calling us to do is to get lost in him. And sometimes I feel that we hold back. It's to get our focus back on God and God alone, to forget about other people. In Second Samuel, we read how David danced before God. He says he was wearing a linen ephod. And he danced before the Lord with all his might, while the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts, of, uh, with, with shouts and the sound of trumpets. He just danced before God. David was an extrovert. Clearly, he was an extrovert. But he nevertheless danced before God. He wasn't interested in what other people thought. Remember last week, or a few weeks ago, sorry, we talked about the, the, the trumpet's been blown and we're to sound the trumpet of joy and allow praise to rise. And I think we need to relearn something. We need to relearn what it means to sing in the Spirit. I think we've kind of lost something in the life of the church. You know, this is what the Bible says. Um, Paul said, uh, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. Sometimes when I'm praying, I pray using a heavenly language. The Bible calls it tongues. And sometimes I pray using the grey matter that God's given me because I'm aware of what's going on and I can pray intelligently into that. And I pray using both types of prayer. But Paul goes on to say this, I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. And so there's a place of singing with our spirits as well to allow whatever is within you to rise and to come out. And we'll open this up more next week. And there's an area in our praise where prayer and praise are intermingled. And it's hard to separate one from the other. It's the overflow of hearts that worship God. I'm really out of time, eh? And just to re-say something which I said about this time last month, And I'm going to say it again because I feel that it's worth saying. 
You see, what I feel God has said to us is to elevate in our worship and our praise of Him. I believe God wants to bring some of the breakthroughs that we need as we rise in praise and worship and prayer. I believe God can come and heal us as we worship God. God will come and minister to us as we are ministering to Him. It's like I have had a revelation of what God wants our worship to be like. I believe God wants us to pour out our hearts before Him, to lay it all out before Him, to be fully surrendered to Him in our praise, to be vulnerable, to be open before Him, and to welcome Him, to usher in His kingdom, and to welcome His will to be done in the midst of our praise. I think God wants to do a new thing in our praise and in our worship of Him. Psalm 22, verse 3 says this, God inhabits the praises of His people. He is present, He is here, and the question is, how will we respond? It's not a one-off response. It's not about coming down to the front today and saying, I surrender all. It's about every moment of every day saying, I surrender all. Maybe, Steve, you could come up and, uh, and, and play. We're going to just pray and allow a wee bit of time for this to settle. We're going to take communion in just a little second. So um, if the welcomers and Trevor and Laura can maybe help with this. And uh, we're going to pray and just ask God to seal these things in our hearts. Father, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you're in this moment. And Lord, we ask that you would come and that you presence yourself in a way that we are able to really respond to and apprehend. Lord, we know through faith that you're here, but we pray that we would experience your presence. And Father, as we take, as we take the crackers, which remind us of Jesus' body, Lord, we pray that we'd be impacted again by the reality that Jesus died for us, that he allowed himself to be broken for us. Father, as we take the juice, we pray that you'd help us to remember that Jesus shed his blood for us, that he was a perfect sacrifice, a one-off sacrifice, the sacrifice that did away with all the other sacrifices that needed to be done. He was the ultimate sacrifice, and he died for us. And so, Father, we pray that the reality of this would really sink into our hearts, that we would know your presence. And so, Father, as we take these symbols, help us to remember Jesus. Help us to be grateful. And, Father, we pray that you'd help us to allow praise to rise within our hearts and to allow it to come out and to express that, whether it's through prayers of thankfulness, whether it's through our songs, Lord, however it is, Lord, we pray that you would come and that you would minister to us as we minister to you. In Jesus' name we ask.